0: Testing live out of a basement in Appleton, Wisconsin. You're tuned into Fox City's Core on WCCR, code zero radio. For the show that gives you an opportunity to call in and be a part of the show. Our call-in line is 920-358-0795. Core. My next guests are a rock band based out of the Fox Cities, their latest album is called We Came in Peace for All Mankind. I'd like to introduce Justin and Mike to Fox City's Core. How are you guys doing today? What's up? Yo, <laughs>
1: thanks for having us.
0: Thanks for doing this. And this is kind of fun to do this on a Sunday. You guys have been working, you put out an album last year, and it's a really, really good album. Oh, oh and that's, thanks. And I, I want to talk about the album. <laughs> but first, how does it feel to be doing an interview on a Sunday morning?
2: I'm actually really excited. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> guys, we've been we've been trying to link up with you for a minute and yeah. uh
1: Justin's usually I'm, not in town over the weekends, yeah. so it works out nice.
0: Well let's let's start off with that as a question. So Justin's been out of town a lot. Mm-hmm. has that kind of hindered the the band at all? Or do you, are you still finding enough time where you can get together and write?
1: Column A, column B. I think I mean I think any group um if it's not your your full time job, you always wish that you had the time and the opportunity to get together more often. So we make a point whenever he's in town to to carve out a night to do some tracking or, or, or whatnot. But um yeah, it'd be great if it'd be great if you were around more, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I,
2: Mike and I, it's pretty easy to link up. Uh we work together, so it's easy for us to to make that happen. Um, but the drummer, he's full time uh drummer. He teaches lessons. Um, he's always
1: busy with gigs and
2: kids and a wife <laughs> uh, and just, like boring life stuff. So, um, he,
0: does he play in other bands as well?
1: He, I think, I don't know if he's he's, he's a hired gun. A, yeah, yeah. So he'll he he plays out for a bunch of different people. So he plays, yeah, about. he plays a lot uh, on the weekends. So,
0: well, your your album, we came in peace for all mankind. That was an album that you were working on for a while. It came out last year. How was that process of finally getting the album out? That must have been a good feeling.
1: It did. It was. It was good to <laughs> to finally to finally uh, get the baby out into the world. And, and I think
2: we started recording that in 2019. Yeah, it was a hot minute. No, it was 2018 because I made that. So we have a whole thing um, because I was trying to push it as fast as I could because I wanted it out. Um, we made we being me. Um, made a a banner for our Facebook page that said coming uh, <laughs>
3: what was it it's, it's late said, right, late so,
1: summer it's, it, no it said it said summer 2019 and i was like dude we know how long it takes to make for anyone to make a record, let alone us. And so I'm like, it's not going to be. Don't don't date it because then we look dumb if we don't deliver. And so he put late, really small, above <laughs> summer. And like, oh, that'll solve it. Like, no, coming late summer 2019. All right, and then so yeah, we. Only, and then it came out summer 2022. We so we blew past that by a few years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did Did you guys have the band name, the Astronautics, yet, or was? Yeah, we, we had,
1: had we had that <clears throat> we had that sorted, and um, yeah, it was just. Uh, Getting, getting stuff together and, and actually just making the album happen. Yeah,
2: we self-recorded it. Um, we put together a makeshift studio at, uh, at the shop and self-recorded it, which is, I think, what took so long because we're perfectionists, both of us. And, you know, Matt has his things as well. So going through every piece of it thinking, you know, well, we could change this and we could change that. I think that's the the disadvantage of being able to record yourself is that you do have the option to change
1: anything you want at any point and so it just becomes crazy and the the iteration of the studio that we had back then was like he said was pretty makeshift now we have a little bit better of a setup uh, at our same facility but if you wanted to change something it, it was not efficient at, at all i mean mm-hmm. there was just so many if you wanted to change something now you're you know going to get the other cable from that one's over there and you got to run that under the door and you got to yeah it was just kind of a mess. A mess.
0: <laughs> did yeah. you guys know each other before the band started, or yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then just decided, hey, we are both into music. Let's start a band. Or how did the the band start out of this friendship?
1: So we we met at uh, Christ the Rock Church mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago, like like <clears throat> over a decade ago, and uh, and played w- with each other there. So we were sort of aware of each other. Um, and then I was just uh, coming off of a tour with an artist named Danon kane who's based out of appleton very talented guy and uh was you know it, i myself was was like i want to be in a in a band again because i loved doing when when i would tour dan it was just him on acoustic me on electric just a duo thing occasionally full band but mostly just the two of us so i was looking like it would be really fun to be in a band again and right then justin who I hadn't hadn't talked to in years and years uh sent me an email with some demos and was just like hey I'm in this band with Matt, our drummer, who I, I knew as well, and uh, you know what do you think of this stuff, and do you want do you want to jam? And so then yeah, it was it was like, oh cool. I'll you know get together and um, and we, we played a couple times at your your old house here in Appleton, and mm-hmm. it just kind of kind of went from there. Yeah, Matt and I actually met um, two times at
2: the same band we, we had gone to see the same band once in Chicago, once in Madison, a band called Copeland. Um, at the first one, he and his wife were behind, uh, Abigail and I, my wife, um, and they were talking about having to drive all the way back up to Oshkosh and how terrible that sounded, um, because it was snowing that night. And thankfully we had gotten a hotel, but, um, we turned around and started talking to them, uh, like, cause it's weird to be in a place like Chicago as big as it is to see a band like that. Cause they were opening for Paramore that night. So there's, you know, thousands of people there to see this and the people right behind us in line are from Oshkosh. So we started talking to them. I found out he was a drummer, um, and that was that. Uh, two years after that, we met them in Madison, same band, in the same line, waiting to get in. And uh, I I've, I've finally said, you know, we should probably try something. Um, so I had a, I had a couple of songs from the past, and then one that I had just written, which is Fight, um, and so we started doing that, and we needed a get, uh, lead guitarist that we knew was, you know, solid. It just happened that uh, Matt and I both knew Mike uh, just through different channels. So,
1: sidebar: When, when does a band reach a level of notoriety or success where you no longer have to? Preface their name with a band called, because you yeah. said a, you said a band called Copeland, which sure I've heard of Copeland, but maybe not everyone has heard of Copeland. But then you just said Paramore, like oh well you know it's Paramore, like you're not going to say oh I listen to a lot of an artist called Taylor Swift, uh, she's yeah, and, uh, there was also I've been listening to this this group called the Beatles, they're actually like an older group, like you'd never do that, but for for smaller bands like it's just like natural to say oh we're we're a band called the Astronautics, we're you know it's not, you just sort of. I I don't know. There's like a point where you just you instinctually don't preface it anymore. I don't know.
0: Just it's a good point. That's a good conversation to have. (laughs) I mean, I've never heard of Copeland. I don't think I have. Okay, but I would have known they were a band when you said Copeland.
1: They're really good if
2: you want to cry a lot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's a very sad band. Oh
0: yeah. So I'm looking. I'm looking for more more music that makes me sad. (laughs) So so you had fight. What other songs did you have when? When you met Mike. I mean Fight
1: There were we had Fight, we had I think I think you had Be Still, which mm-hmm. is another one that we're gonna be playing today. But the they were very different in demo form than the way that they ended up being on the album. Like wild. Don't um they? yeah, f- fight. Well not I mean we're doing an acoustic version of it today, but fight the demo that I got was, was You're not supposed to tell them that yet. I'm not supposed to oh I'm not? Okay. I don't know. Sorry. It doesn't it, matter. No. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. It's all good. Listeners slash viewers. But anyways, uh <laughs> we yeah, it was it was pretty pretty slow and kind of you know chunking along and uh and you know what does it say about me the first thing i wanted to do is all right we're gonna make that 50 beats per minute faster and (laughs) now it's it's a punk song
2: it's legitimately a thing we talk about (laughs) because matt and i just instinctively write slower and more um, emotional sounding music and mike will come in uh after that and he'll be like
1: you know what this song needs is eighty beats a minute faster. <laughs> what if we take that, but we also make it go? Blah. <laughs> yes. so,
0: yeah. How, how is Justin as far as like letting you take a song and, and add your? It's touch totally to good. It?
1: The creative process feels totally great for our band. Uh, we we really do work well together, and um, it, it always feels. No matter who brought the, you know, what idea is being brought to the table, it, it, it really does feel collaborative and, and, like, a really, you know, fun place to create. Yeah, so.
2: we have very low pressure, I th- I think, because it's not a thing that we have to do. Yeah. Um, or feel like we have to do, right? Um, it's it's the thing that all of us do. I think I can say that without Matt being here. Um, that just is the most fun for us to do in, you know, outside of... Uh, Outside of our jobs or daily lives, and Matt drums all the time. And when he comes in with us, it's more of a hang sesh than it is you yeah. know, a work form. I think
1: so. For me too, it was uh, you know I, I loved the the touring and stuff that I was doing, but it became I mean any any time that your your profession is something that used to be a hobby, it it loses something. I mm. think. Uh, and so this this band uh, and doing this project was sort of a rediscovery for me of playing guitar for fun because I wanted to and not because you know well we're here and it's time. Um, so yeah,
0: that's been that's been great. And then as far as the album coming out, it's, who who designed the, the the A logo? Oh, that's this guy. That's all you.
1: I wish we could afford to pay professional designers. <laughs> I think the stuff that you do is great. Like you you when when we've got to go back and, and, and get you know artwork or a poster, like I think it looks great. I I don't see any uh, any like oh well yeah that's we did that in house. Uh, <laughs> like I said, we're I think
2: at heart all of us are perfectionists, and with the art, it's just like man, I wish that it looks fine, um, and we needed it, and we didn't have to pay for it. Um, but it's never really what I saw in my brain because I'm just not that that good at it.
0: Well, so the album came out in uh, 2022. You started work on it in 2019. You said oof. A- 2018. 2018. 2018. 2018. Yeah. The first thing that you put out was a single, the little drummer, the uh, mm-hmm. big drummer boy. Big drummer boy. Yeah.
1: So we, uh, this has been a really fun inroad into the band for me. Was the the first stuff that we started doing is we just did Christmas tunes, which mm-hmm. was great. Uh we did a like a, a punked out version of Little Drummer Boy, Robo Pump pom Uh and that was that was super fun to do. It was. And then th- we've done one we didn't do one this year, but we've done a, a Christmas tune uh every year since we did I'll be home for Christmas uh, the next year and an original tune called That Time of Year. Well that, um, that time of year we released this year, which oh, is sure. why I think we didn't spend the time to record right. another one. Right. Um uh, and those will be going on a Christmas seven inch at some point. <laughs> Were,
2: we're vinyl yeah, freakoids. We're okay, those people.
0: Well, leads in the next question, which you guys released the album. Is that going to come out on vinyl at any point?
2: Yeah, I've got a couple of people that are upset with us. Uh, cause they,
1: we... Here's the thing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Vinyl's really freaking expensive. Uh, so what we're doing, we had we had a couple people. So when we were at Ambo uh, doing the album release show, the place was, was packed. Uh, and it was not conducive to... Uh, Oh, here's here's the flow for the merch table, and, right. and it was basically just you know, uh, you know, back to back for for the whole night, and so we got a couple of people who pre-ordered the the vinyl record that night, but not really not really a whole bunch because we we just had there was no room to do anything, right? Uh, so for for those, what we decided do we want to? Yeah, what we decided to do. Uh, is we do want to do a proper vinyl pressing of it at some point, but what we're doing right now for sort of the the band ourselves and the OGs who uh, have been the you know the closest fans or biggest fans of the band since the beginning, or who did pre-order it that night, is we're doing uh, an extremely limited edition lathe cut of the vinyl. Like mm-hmm. uh, I think we're it's going to be only ten copies uh, that are going to go to us and to just a couple of of really special individuals, and then with the hope that at some point we would. Uh, we would do you know a, full a, a, a bigger run yeah. with all the all the gatefolds and bells and whistles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: but this is like a really tough time for vinyl. I mean, did you guys even do the process at all of like designing the, oh yeah, okay, so you went through all that can't get a product because of backups
1: well that yeah and the if you're trying to do something in the in the states. Uh, it's like an at least a 12-month lead time, mm-hmm. which is just crazy.
0: You're on to the next project. Already. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it, it's just wild right now. It's yeah. wild. We did find a
2: place out of... Uh, so Justin Perkins did this ridiculously thought-out um, um, blog post about vinyl pressing companies and mastering companies and all of the different, you know, the places that he trusts to do the things. Um, and we... Found a place in Spain that yep. does it. Their turnaround was three to four months. Three to four, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and they were uh, less expensive than some of the the places um, that everybody's familiar with here
1: in in the states. So um, it just a, a lot more a kind of back and forth. A lot more back and forth. There, you know, they they do a lot of business in the states, but there there is you know a, a little bit of a language barrier when you're trying to get into the real minutia of details of stuff, and uh, and then you got to deal with like the with importing and make sure making sure that you know everything clears customs and everything so it was, it was going to be a bit of a headache but uh yeah it's something that we definitely would like to pick up um but for now we're doing the lathe cut and god is my witness there will be a seven <laughs> inch uh by the holiday season this year as well
2: but well,
0: you mentioned justin perkins he's the one that mastered your your album and he's just a wealth he, uh, he's the guy if you need to get something mastered he's the guy to go to and he's got some of the best years that I know of.
2: Between mastering and just all of the other things that he's done previous to doing the Mystery Room stuff, um, I just, and it probably drives him nuts, but I, <laughs> I text him when I have a question about anything audiophile because the guy knows anybody who's anybody in in the world. And so when we were trying to find someone to mix the record, he's like, oh, I've got a guy. So we reached out to him and he he ended up doing it. It was Nick Rad out of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, he was super good to work with um and uh yeah justin is is crazy he's his ears are so good he's a freak of nature yeah <laughs> it's almost frustrating uh, but because i'm not that good at any one thing right uh and and he is so good at what he does mm-hmm.
0: well not so. only is he good at mastering but he's been in some really like really good bands like bands? yesterday's kids yeah. and the obsoletes and we're gonna have tim schwager on next week, oh nice The obsoletes cool. and yesterday's kids with with justin but um, I'd love to get Justin Perkins on this show too. Um, he's, I'm sure, has a lot to say. That would be a great <laughs> interview for sure. But he he mastered your stuff, so he knew it was going to be mastered well. Did you oh, yeah. did you send it to somebody to mix, or did you do the mixing?
3: We
2: did. We sent it to uh, Nick Rad, Milwaukee. Um, it's uh, he is
1: he still out of Sky's Fall, or did he is he not? He, not there no, Milwaukee? he
2: was um, sharing a studio with the Wire and Vice guys. I think, um, which is how Justin knew him well enough to recommend him. I think. Is they were both in there at one point together.
0: The the sound, and I'm sure that's a lot of your playing is really smooth and I, are you guys into pedals and tone, textures? Is that something that
1: Yeah, I've I've got you know, I've got a, a board that I've put together. I'm I'm not uh, and never really have been like a pedal guy or like I do g I I don't I don't want to I find tremendous value in getting to know my gear really, really well, and you can't do that if you're swapping stuff out every week. So I, I like to find the stuff that makes the sounds that I need to make and then just marry it and and, and live with it for a really long time um, it, it, it does a does a better job for me of, of, of then when I'm when I'm in a situation where maybe it's an improvisational situation or it's a studio and I got to come up so- with something like that I know I know my palette and I know what I can you know the sounds that I can pull uh, and I, I don't have to uh, don't have to guess or, or hope for the best or whatever. But
2: short answer is yes. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um we we don't I I especially do not rely on um because I'm I'm playing rhythm, you know, mostly palm muted rhythm, so I don't need a ton yeah. of stuff, but I've got a couple of cool pedals actually I had because he is so good with uh Mike is so good with um putting the pedal boards together. Um I had him I said here's my budget. Uh I just need everything to work right and you do what you do because you know what the sound's supposed to be.
1: Sure. Um, Yep, and I just Here's your board. Yep.
2: <laughs> that is exactly how it went. It was it was awesome. Um so yeah, to, tone for us is a big thing even though we're playing um a type of music other than well your stuff really needs the tone that you put out but mine I could probably throw any guitar on and it sound similar
1: to yeah. what, what we play. Just make the amp sound
0: rocking mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the bands that influenced you Both you have the same influences, or do you have different influences? I don't
1: know. If, well, we we share a common love for Blink 182. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I learned my like probably unhealthy, <laughs> my, my yeah. love
2: of I, I, I don't know what it is about them, I just it's unhealthy.
1: I taught myself guitar, uh, just listening to Enem of the State and just trying to figure out how they you know shape their chords and 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 the, the lead lines, and um, yeah, it's there's a lot of that in our origin, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I... I don't know if I've ever thought about it, like, whose influence...
2: I mean, all the bands that I I go back to to listen to, uh, one that Mike and I both like is uh, Under Oath. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Just not necessarily the style of music, but the way that their music is put together. so good. It's just so
1: intricate, and the layers inside of it uh, on the records are are insane. Um, I was also a big fan and still am. My favorite album of all time is uh, The Blue Album by Weezer. And they do... Some really cool. Uh, when they're doing their bar chords, they do them differently than than anyone else uh, that I've heard. Where if they're if they're doing a bar chord that starts on the A string, they keep this low E string like, which creates this this really deep like guttural feeling. You can hear it on right away in like my name is Jonas, just this g It's really heavy, and so I I started bringing that to my playing uh, really early on, and I think you can still hear some of that in mm-hmm. in what we track. But. Yeah,
0: do you guys? Like learn anything from each other as far as guitar playing. I'm I'm sure that like according to you, Justin is a way better player. Is he ever teaching you uh, any tricks or anything?
2: No. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I I constantly I joke about it, but it's I'm totally serious when I say it. I'm easily and I got this from uh, Blinkwood eighty two of all things. They do they have a lot of these old videos of them in the studio, and Travis is doing Travis the drummer. He's doing these crazy drum tricks to like. Just they're setting up and getting everything situated, and he's just getting warmed up on a marching snare, just flipping yeah. the sticks around. He gets done, and Mark goes, I can barely, barely play my instrument. And that is, that is me in this band, okay? Because well, I watch him and Matt do their things, and I'm like, oh, uh, like, oh, okay. Or I'll start a song, and they're like, okay, it's in this key. He's playing these chords because I play in all open tunings. So it's not easy to identify, you know. I
1: say I'm on fret seven yeah. with this finger pattern. No joke, though. <clears throat> funny as that is, this is our secret sauce. I, it is. I, I truly believe is that, and I mean this in a, a good way, Justin doesn't know how to play guitar. <laughs> this <laughs> he, is true. He, he taught himself on these open tunings, so the the chord patterns and the structures that he makes, it's just a, a totally unique approach to the instrument. And so the the way we build our sound... Is Justin, you know, does the lion share the songwriting, and so he brings shapes, and Matt and I just sort of study, like, all right, what are you doing, and how can we bring our, you know, technique and stuff around it to build a song, and mm. it's it's great. Yeah, I, I discourage you from learning how to play your instrument.
0: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the recording again. I, I find the recording of albums of fascinating. Sure. So, where you guys recorded was in in a shop right next to a shop. So, how did you deal with noise from the shop. Are we recording after hours or were we doing stuff during the day? If something like just came up, were you rushing to, to record? At,
3: yeah.
2: After hours, mostly at night. Yeah. Um, and if there's sounds that you don't want in there, you just got a lot of retakes. Yep. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> and it happened a number of times.
1: Who forgot to turn off the air conditioning,
2: <laughs> right? Air conditioning, air compressors, something drops. I mean, we were literally doing it inside of a metal, fabrication shop that's where most of the tracking happens for those
1: of you uh who have not uh done an album or you're doing one right now don't do it in a metal fabrication <laughs> shop certainly not no it, uh, yeah. a
2: lot of extra sounds that you don't necessarily want in maybe you just do it
1: in like a recording studio right <laughs> that's probably a good idea
0: well, that's solid advice and then so your the writing process was going on for quite a while so were you finding yourself also like majorly revamping songs to where you just had to start from the ground up because sometimes if you change something just a little bit it throws the whole song off yeah. so i mean did you run into that
2: yeah well, I, the stuff we play live now we do some of the things so differently than we did when we recorded it because we didn't spend the time writing um we, we would write the parts as we were recording them so we would go back so many times to. Either re-record or, um, or for the live stuff, we're like, okay, we're just gonna play it how we play it now, and it is what it is. Yeah, yep.
0: So then you have to learn it all, all over. <laughs> yeah, there,
1: there's definitely that point of like uh, when when we have a show coming up and we've got you know new material. It's like, oh crap, we have to like play it. <laughs> got to got to figure out like what parts are we actually gonna do because we right now and I have I have no issue with with bands that play the tracks. I think that's just fine, but. We don't have that set up yet, and so it's like, all right, well, what what parts are we gonna actually, you know, how, how are we gonna make this work with four people?
0: Yeah, is that something you're gonna eventually do? Is play along to, to some tracks?
1: Yeah, uh, our especially our new stuff.
2: Uh, there are some of the the old tracks, like Be Still, is got a number of layers of guitars that would do something live to that song that we're unable to do without the tracks. Um, I think it sounds like a song live um but adding some of those layers in there though they're small i think fills it out harmonically that uh so much so that it might be worth it for us to try that but i think the new songs uh that we've been writing i think especially will need some of that so we're trying to figure out
1: what that looks like as we move forward also it'd be nice because we um we have a, a small lighting rig for our live performances with some stuff that i uh Uh, automated with some software and so we'd we'd love to have it so that when a song is starting our drummer can just hit spacebar, and whatever we need to have uh, acoustically in the tracks are there and then also it just it runs the light show so we don't have to the last uh, couple shows that we've done we've had people that were basically playing the computer or a light board like an instrument and and having to keep up on it and um, they you know they did a a great job but yeah they're never going to be as good as a computer computer (laughs) correct
0: and you guys have played a couple times at the Ambassador. Is that sort of home base for the Astronautics?
2: <laughs> we were just talking about that uh, because we had we had done this sh- uh, show during the Mile of Music this last year. Um, we played two shows back-to-back that same night. Um, and as fun as that, that location is... Um, I think we're we're done playing there
1: yeah it's 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 a lot of fun uh, and Corbin's been amazing to yeah, us he's and, great uh, the ambassadors uh, you know a great place great hang but uh, it's it's tight <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, you're, you're crawling all over each other and um, and like I said the, the selling of merch it's really hard to to you know have any sort of it's just nuts to bots the whole the whole time so, yeah it's it's
2: hard with um, We want to feel like we're a bigger band than we are. (laughs) And so being in a a place that has a a cap of something like 90 people, um, though it feels cool because it's like packed, packed, um, it, it would be cool to see what happens in a room that can hold 300.
1: Yeah, it it was definitely. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It was rad to to be like walking up to get ready to play and seeing like a line outside. Down the, it's like, oh, you know, if capacity is 20 people, you know, now we have (laughs) now we have 24 people who want to see the show.
0: We uh, we've got a question here for you guys. Does the live aspect have an influence on the number of tracks you use recording?
1: Hmm. Uh interesting yeah i don't i don't I don't know I, i'd I'd say probably not we've never even talked about i mean we've talked about how do we play
2: this song live as we're recording um but never we try not to overdo this the sounds when we're recording because we want it to sound um like the record when we play it live, so it we don't have outright conversations like hey we shouldn't like add all this stuff or add this or add that because we won't be able to do it live yeah um but we are, I think, just, uh, w- without speaking about it, we're thinking about, like, we want this to sound on the record like it will live. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah. we're we conscious of that. We don't like to add too much, too many things that we cannot do live. We don't add just because we wouldn't naturally do that anyway. Right. Um, it's just not the way our brains work,
1: I think. We don't have, you know, the New York Philharmonic playing a, an orchestral <laughs> arrangements in any of the not tunes. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. <laughs> Well, coming coming 2029 <laughs> stop it
0: <laughs> well, your live shows too i mean they you guys put a lot into the live shows that especially the, the ones you've done at the ambassador i mean you've got a full light setup I, there's like a was there a bubble or a foam machine or something <laughs> on? Uh, it we it's,
1: we have cryo um so it's uh yeah compressed uh, co2 we built a rig that shoots snow into the facility <laughs> <that> <laughs> there. it's so it's it's super fun and like like Justin said we we like to we like to feel like it's cool it's fun it, and we we have the opportunity to do it but so we've got these cryo jets right uh, and these two what are they hundred pound they're they're big the yeah they're seventy five or hundred pound tanks. yeah big cryo tanks wow. and at when we're at Ambo because the ceiling is so low normally you'd shoot that straight up and it would you know be this you know, these towers of, of cloud but we shoot them out because it's a low ceiling room and and it's a deep room. And, uh, there was at the, at the most recent show, which was the album release show, uh, it's perfectly harmless, it's cold, you know, so it cools the room off nicely in the middle of summer. But at the album release show, I think it was at the second set, there was this, there was this girl who was standing up on, uh, on a chair so she could see over the heads of all the people. And, uh, right at the start of the show, we, we hit this, this cryo hit and she got blasted directly in the face. <laughs> With all of this freezing cold, season. I she was fine, but I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah. She was up on that, that curved booth. She yeah. was like standing there with her phone and just. Bleh! Well, I'd like to see that video. I will have to find <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> so I was standing, I think, under one or near one during one of the shows, and that stuff was like dripping on me. And I thought, I don't know if this is like bad to get on your skin. <laughs> that's, or... that's probably
2: it's fine. It's the same stuff they put in soda to make it carbonated. Yeah. It's okay. Fine.
0: Yeah. Let's say, yeah, I mean, how long does that take you to set up? a show like that a long time a long time a long time four
2: to six hours yeah Uh, and that's 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 just setting up our stuff then you know because we set up that whole weekend this year for corbin lined up all the bands um they bring all all our gear yeah they bring all whatever they're bringing in and you know it just it gets to be a lot
1: yeah, you
2: know, we we go all out for us because we want to feel like rockstars. We like it.
1: Yeah, we, we like. It's a labor of love for sure. I mean, right. this year we added uh, we added additional light bars that we flew on the ceilings, mm-hmm. and uh, so the lights were coming up and then out over people, and it's just it's fun to do. It was fun. So the you know the week before, uh, uh well the the month before the show date, we're we're setting stuff up and and you know practicing stuff and yeah programming things. Yeah, it's fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, the turnouts at those shows, like, they were really, really, The place was packed every time you play there. And like you mentioned, it is kind of a long, narrow walk back there, which makes it, I'm guessing, being a, a full band playing there, it's also playing tricks on you with the sound. Do you guys use, like, in-ear monitors or anything to kind of cut back on the echo of, of we the place don't, like that?
1: Uh, you know, maybe one day, but uh, it's, you you do lose a little bit of the, the feel when you go to, to mm-hmm. in-ear's. Uh, they're they're decidedly a better system i mean it's it makes everything easier but you it it creates a fourth wall uh between you and the you and the crowd and and that is kind of a bummer i don't know about you but i like losing my hearing when we're <laughs> at shows if my ears aren't ringing after it's cuz it wasn't loud enough you know and i and i've got you know industrial strength earplugs <laughs> in to... Because I'd like to keep hearing. Both you and Matt,
3: yeah.
2: you,
1: you protect your ears pretty well. We, well, we I, got some, uh, they're these particular, uh, they're called filtered earplugs, so they're molded to our ear canals, and they have uh, filters in them so that it doesn't get, brruh, brruh, when you've got you know the, the foam ones in, it sounds pretty good still, and I don't have a headache at the end of the night.
0: But. So when you're, you're playing so close, like on a stage at the Ambassador, you're right, the drums are like right behind you. Oh yeah, right? most you definitely. You take a half step back and you're going to hit the drums. I mean, That's right. I have like two square feet. <laughs> yeah. I, the amps are kind of sitting like you sometimes you guys use sort of boutique amps right and so i mean those are sitting lower mm-hmm. i just don't understand like the hearing aspect would be pretty rough at least i think
1: it would well, be but we had your just has, has a dr z that we had on the side of the stage kind of shooting across the mm-hmm. stage and i have a divided by 13 that i think i ran the cabinet backwards this you time did? yeah so i ran that facing you know against the wall uh, with an attenuator to yeah, we both know.
2: we both use attenuators to keep the sound but lower the volume to keep that stage noise down, knowing that we're on a tiny little stage that really can't support all that stage noise.
0: So so mile music this year, you played at the Ambassador and place places packed. You played with a lot of bands and like you said, you did two sets in a row. One of the nights, it mm-hmm. did. Was that a good idea in hindsight? Doing the the two shows, I guess you set everything up so you might as well that's what the thought is
1: <laughs> yeah and and we don't it, because it is a smaller place I I would hate to turn have to turn anyone away you know let alone our buddies you know who, who some of whom got babysitters and, and made you know a, a concerted effort to, to come up and uh, and see us it would I, yeah we I would hate to have to was one of the shows
0: one of the shows better than the others or were they both both equal?
1: The second was more fun for me because the nerves were out. Yeah. So the the second one's like, all right, you know, we we did the thing, we're here, and now I can just you know take a breath and and have some
0: fun with it. Do you guys have any rituals before shows? Do you drink at all during the shows?
2: I think we have a drink before, maybe. I do m- a maybe yeah. I
1: I take it I I take it real easy before shows, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, my, my fine motor just goes to junk if I'm if I'm ha- if I'm having drinks uh and so yeah I, I, I won tops before a show but actually at, at, at um not the most recent one but the first one we did at ambo uh I was I was super nervous man I was I was just feeling terrible and a friend of mine who doesn't drink at all uh she texts me and she goes dude have a drink you look miserable I'm like <laughs> okay all right and so yeah I think we we took like a, a little shot of whiskey or something and just all right, all right. Let's let's do this. The the only real ritual we
2: have is all four of us um go out at least at ambassador we go outside get away from everybody and just talk it through. Yeah. And, I mean, by the time sh- showtime happens, all of us are comfortable enough with our parts. It's just yeah. a matter of not getting freaked out because I get the the butterflies every time we go on. It doesn't matter if we're playing twice in a row or if we haven't played in a year um i just it my guts are turning (laughs) once we get through the first song then it's game on for me yeah um but the first one is always like okay you're you already know what you're doing brain just (laughs) just do it
0: well you guys are very animated too so i mean there's lots of jumping around and it's probably easy in that situation to start playing faster like we in a three minute song is two and a half minutes. Well, we
1: do play to a click. So oh, okay. well, um, we don't have tracks, but our, our drummer uh, does, does play to a click, which keeps us where we need to be mm-hmm. because we would be off like a freight train. Yeah. Um, just. Um, yeah. So playing
2: to that definitely helps because it keeps us in check. And we, I mean, Mike and I are just listening to, um, to Matt uh, on the drums mm. and we're good at following him. So it works
0: you guys had a, a video out that sort of emulated a little bit of the live experience from mm-hmm. seeing the astronomics. It's a, a lot of lights and, and it was for a, a song called a uh, strange, strangest, strangest things, strangest things. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys like doing a video? Is that something we're going to see more? That of was in a future? blast.
1: Yeah. That was so much fun. My, my only, the only bummer in mm-hmm. hindsight is so we, with our, with our lighting rig, we had two systems and the first was running off of this $40 Amazon light board. Uh, and that's how we did the first ambassador show. And that was the, uh, iteration uh, when we shot the video. And then for the second ambassador show, everything was computerized. And so I had far more control over how the fixtures were behaving. We had more fixtures. And so I, I wish that, uh, we could go back and do it again with the new system because everything was just so much more wild And, and fun, fun fact about the video shoot was, uh, We didn't have somebody to run the lights for that (laughs) shoot. So if you look close, um, anytime that the lights are doing something, there's only three of us in the shot because one of us is at the light board pushing (laughs) buttons. And if there's a shot of all four of us, the lights are stationary. They're not changing at all Um, because none of us. Now he gave away all the Hollywood secrets. Yep. Now you know how the sausage is made.
0: So is that is that a video you guys did by yourselves? And it sounds like, or did you have help?
2: Um, no, we had uh, my brother in law Chad Engel. He came in and shot
0: it for us. Oh, he's he's a really good. He is good at he, what he, was he awesome. does. Yeah. Yeah.
2: and we cranked it out. I, I think we were there for maybe two hours outside of setup and teardown. Um, and he just like got all the things, and it it worked. Um, it worked. We didn't give him very much direction. We just said, hey, we're going to play the song a couple of times, get some shots. Um, and then afterwards, I, I ended up piecing it together because he said, I don't have time to edit,
1: <laughs> so I'll shoot it for you and I'll give you the footage, but then you have to go chop it up and put it together. Which, Which um, you you just get so laser focused in those moments. And so I don't think you like, I don't think you breathed for 24 hours. <laughs> I, <than> just like, <laughs> Yeah, I,
2: I, it was the first time doing that. Uh, I won't do it again. I'll be paying someone to do it because I was just, I mean, there's so many clips and then lining them up so that they're right. And then selecting which ones you want—it's it's intense to, to put it all together.
0: So if you guys do another video, which which song would you guys take off the album?
1: I th- I think we were talking. We have a song called "The Astro" that mm-hmm. we were we were considering doing as a as a, a follow up video. Um, that one's yeah. hard because of what it's about.
2: Um, I have this vision of what it should be, and it would be super difficult to do it. There would be a lot of location shooting, um, a lot of extras, and it's just way more coordination. And right? if we
1: if we can't swing you know six grand for a vinyl pressing right now, we can't swing sixty grand for a video. <laughs> for a video. Sure. <laughs> Correct. So right. well, um, yeah. Yeah. I like the videos. I'll write them a check. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cash that for yeah. like a couple. We're going to post date the check.
0: Do you guys feel that in today's age, uh, as far as a band goes, that you need to be putting out like videos and doing the social media stuff on TikTok, Instagram, all that social media stuff?
1: I don't know, man. If you're we, we don't uh, do. We're really bad at. We're it. really bad at that, but it's we're also we're also doing this for fun, yeah, and and not for like man. We need to do this to eat, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's yeah. It's it's just different. If you absolutely need to engage with your audience that way, if you want to to you know go the distance, right? In, you know today's the state of the industry today, but uh, we have. Lives and wives and jobs and kids and, and mm-hmm. stuff going on. and um, So we, we get together when we can and we, we do the tracking when we can. We record the tunes and right. do it how we do it. We try to post when we do unique stuff or when we're you know, releasing a new song or, or whatever it is. but Did a couple like Facebook Live things and yeah. uh, per- performances. When our former bass player left the band, we did a, a, a couple songs with him on Facebook Live. And then we did a, a show... Uh, a full concert during during COVID, when bands were doing sort of live stream concerts, we did a a, a show there, which almost didn't happen. <laughs> let's let's not get into it. Let's not get into it.
2: Uh, do, you,
0: do you guys feel it's easier, or it was easier, like when Blink Blink One Eighty Two started to, to kind of get noticed, and compared to now, where it, it seems like the quantity of everything is just out of this world, as far as you know what you're trying to differentiate <clears throat> differentiate yourself from.
1: It's i would argue that it's much more difficult now to get noticed because because everyone has a professional recording studio and video production device in their pocket
3: mm-hmm.
1: and so at anyone can can put out you know a lot of content really really quickly and so there's not i mean even even if you go further back than than the blink era because that was there there was some internet stuff happening then but if you go back to you know 60s and 70s right there just weren't other, there, there were the bands that were the bands, and, and that was sort of it. Same with like television, there were two talk shows. Now there's, you know, 18 late night talk shows. Uh, right. It's just crazy. There's just so much out there.
0: There's never a time where it feels overwhelming, or it feels overwhelming, is there? I mean, it.
2: Because, like I said, we keep the pressure very low. Mm-hmm. It not for us, I don't think it does. I could see. Easily, how it would be if you're really trying to make a go of it. If you're trying to get noticed by a label, by a label or booking agents or um, even a management team, I can't imagine what that that fight is like to be able to
1: claw through all of the other bands to get on the top, right? Um, but also, when you're in your late teens, early twenties, you know the world can be conquered. Sure, it's, it's you view things differently. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just I'll just do it. Um, yeah, it's but but I would definitely if if we were then and just knowing my personality, if we were still at that age and trying to, which we've talked about, like how it would be fun to have to be able to start the band over when we were all nineteen mm-hmm. and and see you know kind of how this would have gone if it would have gone differently. But uh, yeah, it's it's wild with with so many people out there. I would feel incredible pressure to uh, like oh well, there's there's just no way we're gonna get noticed because there's seventeen thousand bands an hour putting stuff out.
0: I don't know. Oh, uh, Mike, you you toured. So I mean, is did, that yeah. something that the astronautics would ever, astronautics would ever tour, or is that something where with the family life is just kind of a no go?
1: I would love to. Yeah, uh, and it, it I mean, wouldn't be any
2: anything lengthy. I think yeah. I think it would be a two week stop, so a week
1: stint or or two week uh, on the road. But because mm. um, before my daughter was born, the the heaviest year that I did with Danan, uh, we did two hundred and fifty shows that year, so we were gone wow. a lot. Uh, and I just can't do that anymore. Uh, and I, I don't even know, I, I love touring and I do miss the road, but I don't, I don't even think I would want to be away from my wife and daughter for that long, you know? Uh, but it, it would be a blast to do, to string up like a week or two of shows because that would be possible, you know, feasible.
2: That's the, I think that's the only thing we're looking for out of this, um, as a band because we, we talk about it a lot. Like it would be killer to do a week or two on the road, um, with other bands that we respect, not just any tour, right? Um, but we're you know we're not trying to get rich or get famous. It's really just about playing the music.
0: Yeah. Are there any bands from the area that you guys really like? Any local bands?
2: I feel like I'm so out of touch with the local scene. Um,
0: Sounds like you have to listen to more CZR.
2: Um, I do. You know that because <laughs> <laughs> I
1: text and and
0: and uh, call
1: do. in sometimes, um, but. There was a band I, I just learned that they've they've uh, called it quits. But there was a band based out of Milwaukee called Whips that I really loved. Uh, they were absolutely fantastic and uh, got to know their guitarist a little bit and, and had thought like, oh man, we've got to. It would be so sweet to do a show with Whips. If we could open for Whips or, or have them up here to do something. And, and then I learned that they're not doing it anymore uh, because the uh, they started families and so they're they're doing the family thing. I I mean if there's I. There's all kinds
2: of good bands. It's hard for us because our sound is so different than I think what Appleton is used to because you've got your... I, th- I really love the Redhawks and their sound. Freddie and, and Tate and those guys, uh, they put out um, a listenable sound to me. Um, so I, I like them a lot. But playing a show with them I think would just be... It's it's so different stylistically. Um that I don't know how that bill fits, right? We're we're pretty cognizant about making sure our sound fits with the other bands so that um, you don't have a crowd for one band, and then they scoot for the other ones because, A, they don't know them, or, B, they don't know the sound. Right. Um, and so we try and fit that together when we play, uh, finding bands uh, typically drawing from either Milwaukee or Madison. Um, these last round of bands we played with uh, in August, they were so much fun mm. to play with because they're you know emo uh um what what did you call it like metal core yeah i don't know yeah i think you guys, stuff
0: you guys played with like trash pandas smoke-free home uh those yeah. guys
2: played fr- uh thursday night
0: uh we played you did the double bill on on yeah, the friday the day after on
2: friday and we played with uh you still
0: curated the whole thing though right
2: yeah we did um Yes, uh, there were a number of bands that reached out to Corbin when he posted it, um, and then I put it all together. Being that I set up the sound and, and we had our light rig there, and yeah. um, it was just easier. So,
0: so instead of which bands would you do you like, it's probably easier to say where would you if you're not playing the Ambassador, where do you want to play? Or oh, is man. there a venue? There's got to be some venues in Appleton you want to. The
1: Resch Center. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I don't know.
2: I really, so I ran sound, the first five years of Mile music, I ran sound at Chadwick's. Um, it's a bigger space, but it's a similar type space where you've got, um, you've got taller ceilings and a longer, um, a longer building, but you can get more people into Chadwick's. I really love that venue. Um, and I figured out as a sound person how to make that space work. Um, so our be... first show ever was at
1: Mill Creek, right? It was. Yeah, well, the,
2: yeah. Was it Bent Keg at that point? Oh, yeah,
1: the, yeah, Bent, yeah. yeah, Yeah. But um, Mil,
2: Mil- that's a nice place yeah. to play. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah,
1: that was really great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fine.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wasn't pumped about the sound afterwards. We heard, we heard what it sounded like sure. on a recording, and I was like, oh, no. Um, but for us on stage, it felt good. It so. was great.
0: The re- recordings are kind of, you know, depending on how it's recorded or yeah. where they're standing, it can make a big difference, and... It, there's so many great venues like Appleton Beer Factory's really stepped up their their live music game. For sure, you've got Gibson Music Hall is still doing stuff more acoustic, but they, once in a while have bands. But I don't know.
2: I yeah, there's those. Um, have you been in that new, uh, the one down by the river in the river by the River Heat stuff?
0: I totally forgot about that place. No, I
2: that one would be fun, but it's huge. That's got to hold eight, nine hundred people. So you would have to set up like a whole weekend yeah. thing there for that to be worth it. Obviously, we're not going to fill that right. right. But if you have enough good bands from around the state, you might be able to fill that pretty easily. On you that don't want to be Saturday. in a huge room and be like,
1: we'd like to thank all five of you for coming out tonight. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> or make it or feel like there's 100 people right. there and it feels like there's five people. <laughs> that, yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So what was the hardest song on the album to record? What was the easiest? Hmm.
2: Fight was completely written.
1: When we started recording,
3: so yeah, I fight think just sort of happened. That
1: was the easy one. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the most challenging one to record, there were um, there were a couple songs when when we were when I was tracking this record, uh, I was going through a really hard season of life, and th- this record kind of carried me through that. And so there were you you may have meant the question in terms of, you know, challenging like logistically or whatever, but there were a lot of songs that were kind of challenging emotionally for me to 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 sing or to to get out uh just because it was, you know, me screaming my insecurities into the microphone and uh and it was it was really cathartic to put a lot of these tunes together. Uh one of the songs that actually our drummer wrote is called For Now, uh which a lot of people have really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah there's there's just there's a lot of um lyrics about that came out of challenging seasons of life, and there were even parts uh of track in the record where I would be singing a harmony to Justin and we would get into the booth afterwards and he would say, Well, what did you sing there? And I was singing different I had heard the lyrics like differently, and I was singing different lyrics to what he had written, and we kept it mm-hmm. because the song meant it, something different, different to, to both yeah. of us, yeah. It's a very emotional process for
2: us, and I think a lot of bands. Right, you're putting out either experiences or or um, the type of emotion you're feeling at the time, and that record for uh, both Mike and I, and I think Matt too. We were all just going through these like weird times and in, in um, friendships with people, or or um, marriages, or just changes in life. Um, that it it was kind of the the suture that held it together for yeah. a minute and. That's that's why that record is so important to us. Now, I'm excited for this new one because there's not a lot of emotional pressure on this one. Yeah. And we've we've been taking to I'm I'm so excited for this new record.
0: How, how much stuff do you have written for the new album? We've got I think we've got like six or seven starts now. Yep.
3: Uh, we've
1: got four that are almost fully formed yep. and then three or four more that are are getting there. Yeah. And they're they're coming together nicely. Like like we said earlier, you know, we um, we're not able, we, we would love the dream is to be like, all right, we got the starts, we got the songs, we are going to do nothing else for three weeks. We're just going to hit the studio and just crank this out. But that's just not our life right now. It'll happen. Um, I'd like that. <laughs> I would certainly like that. But so, uh, slow and steady, but uh, it will It will not be, you know, another five years before the yeah. next album comes out.
2: Also, I think the the new sound is a little more adult. Um the last record was a ton of fun to make and kind of one of those dream records that, as, as a kid, uh, you listen to these bands like Blink and Green Day and um, Jimmy Eat World and these bands that you look up to and you want to make records like those. And that was that was uh, We Came in Peace for Mankind, from, yeah.
1: for me at least. 17-year-old me would have loved that record. Yes,
2: absolutely. <laughs> um, but now we're making like stuff that, you know. Uh, I'm proud now to say this. You know, we we did that thing that was so much fun. But now let's see what we have because now we're in like a, a more more of a a tighter writing groove because that was the formation of the band and now we're kind of moving into like what does this band actually do? Yeah. So.
0: Well, I look forward to what is coming up for you guys. In fact, what's coming up after the commercial break? You guys are going to be playing a couple songs live, so you're going to want to stick around. We've got. Justin and Mike from the Astronautics coming to you live. So wait
1: on by for the stereotypes that keep on casting down.